as I embark on this journey to find out what kinds of books have impacted and inspired people and why books continue to matter to them, there was only one person with whom I wanted to have this first conversation. More than 26 years ago, a friend invited a girl he worked with to hang out at my house. In the Hallmark version of this story, the boy and the girl meet, they hang out for a night, yada yada yada, and they live happily ever after. Maybe I am mixing metaphors, but in this case, it just so happens to be true. They are living happily ever after. It's true, I met my wife Erin in late 1995, November to be precise. We hit it off right away, and luckily for me, she never decided to see if there was anyone potentially better than me out there for her. Like I said, I was lucky. Erin has always been the best reader in our family. Until I was an adult, I didn't even really read books. I was an avid consumer of newspapers and magazines, but books? No thanks. I attribute my growth as a reader to a couple of different things. First, I became a parent. Not only did I read to my children every day, but I also wanted them to love reading. And so, I figured the best way for that to happen was to become an avid reader myself. Second, and more importantly, Aaron was reading all the time. And what I was feeling was, I think, shame. This was completely unintentional on her part, I think. Although now that I think back on it, eh, maybe it wasn't. But it worked nonetheless. I wanted to be more like her. I wanted to be able to talk about books. I wanted to be as smart as she was. We even engaged in a mini version of this book challenge years ago, when we read a book together and spent time talking about it, just the two of us. More on that in our conversation. Not only is Erin a lover of books, but she is also an awe-inspiring mother, a loving and devoted friend, and she is absolutely incredible at her job. She's been a classroom teacher in kindergarten and first grade, a reading interventionist, and now she's the coordinator of the International Baccalaureate Program for Council of Schools. Ask anyone she works with and they'll tell you the same thing. Nobody does it better. I've spent the last 26 plus years learning from her, so it should be no surprise that Erin is my first conversation on this journey. Here's my conversation with my wife, Erin, about reading, about parenting, about love, and about being authentically you. Green light. All right. Thanks, Jordan. This is going to be fun. You bet. Looking yeah. forward to it. All right. So we are discussing green light. So before we discuss the book, uh, will you just why why did you choose this book? I asked for any book from people, any book that impacted them or inspired them. Why did you choose this one? Yeah, I kind of chose this one for you. Um, I went and looked at my Goodreads, and it, I gave it a four star. It wasn't a five star for me, um, but I gave it a four star. But I. I chose it for you because I thought you would really enjoy it um, because of Matthew McConaughey's perspective of looking at things kind of through a positive light. And you're, you're always, you know, you're, you're definitely an optimist, um, always looking at the positive side of things. So I just thought you would appreciate and enjoy the book. Yeah. And I did. And I think the, the best thing about it, and you mentioned it before I read it, but it was like, you know, you should listen to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there may be no better voice than Matthew McConaughey's. Agreed. Uh, it's like he's talking to you. However, <laughs> after, so, so today I took the actual paper copy of the book um, just because I, I, I listened to it a year ago. Um, so I just wanted to refresh my memory. And I was I was reading through the, the book, and I enjoyed that as well. Um, there's some pictures in there that are really nice. Uh, he's got some footnotes that I don't remember being included in the book. Um, so I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, and I thought the... Uh, as I looked at the print copy of the book too, it like it was laid out in a really interesting way. Like the pages, it doesn't look like a uh, traditional book. Um, 
and so I, I really did actually appreciate the the print version of it as, as well. So, um, all right. So, what was what was something as you read it uh, or as you reviewed it lately? What was something you took away from it? Oh man. Um, I mean, and then I'll tell you what I. There was one thing that I kind of thought about a lot. So, okay. what's what's something that you took away from it? Okay. Um, I think big picture wise, again, just thinking about his optimism and. Um, the way he saw the green lights, either as moments that were just, he was lucky. He talks about his luck in, in the book a little bit, that, you know, he's like a blessed person, he's a lucky person. But sometimes they were green lights because he laid the path for them or he, he struggled. Um, but then, you know, there was a, a happy ending at the end of that or he worked really, like when he talks about um, Dallas Buyers Club. And, you know, how hard he worked, first of all, to even get in a place where he yeah. could be considered for a role like that. Yeah. And then getting that movie funded and losing all the weight for that role and putting in all of this hard, hard work. Um, so he puts in all of this work ahead of time. He's filming the movie. And then a year and a half after, you know, the, the movie was filmed, he won an Oscar. You know, so huge green light there, right? So so he has these green lights that he's just lucky to have. And he has these green lights that he he worked hard for so yeah and i think aside from the optimism which i appreciated as well but there was there was a theme throughout that i thought kind of aligns maybe this is more like just me like confirmation bias but he knows who he is like there is a real he authentically remains himself you know i think about the the story of like you know he's he's kind of made some big movies at this point and he's driving a camper essentially around the country and staying in these you know little towns and in these uh you know these rv parks and you know visiting local bars and just is is who he is yeah and i don't know if that was just for the book you know i don't know if that's if that's really true but it feels like that's just kind of who he is he, he knows it and he's gonna live that way he does or yeah. living in austin when he talked about the house that he owned yes. in Austin Where he did on. the naked, naked bongo drums. Naked bongos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that was the other part, aside from kind of like the optimism that I took away, was dope. like, he knows who he is. He's going to be who he is. Uh, and he really doesn't care if that aligns with who people think he should be or like who a movie star should be or whatever he is. So I, I like that too. Um, there were lots of great stories in this book. Uh, stories that, I mean, I'll talk about in a little bit that I don't know that I necessarily believe. Um, but they were good stories. So is there a story that, that stuck out to you? Like something that was like, oh man, that's a great story. The, yeah, the, the Australia story. When, yeah. he, when he went to Australia, I think, wasn't it like a gap year in between yeah. high school and college? Yeah. And just lived with this crazy family, like that that part. And then he like became a vegetarian and yes, all of this weird stuff. Yeah, so living in Australia for a year as a foreign exchange student, lives with this family who, you know, I think the interesting part of that too is they start, he starts that story by saying, you know, he, he was in Texas where, where he lived and they made him sign that thing that says you can't come home, right? So you're going to go because it was like the Rotary Club or some sort yeah, of club. Yeah, it was Rotary Club. And they said, you know, we're, we're not going to I'm not going to send you over there to have you come home because you're homesick. And so he like committed himself to not do it. But then he ends up with this family where it was just hilarious story after hilarious oh, yeah. story. I love that part. I love that part. <laughs> um, and the thing about listening to the book too is he's when he talks about those people he's speaking in this Australian accent and you know what I remember about that one is he always talks about Norvell who is the the dad in this situation you know I said Matthew yeah Matthew <laughs> I need to talk to you Matthew and that was the part I when I, I was reading through that part again just today just because I was I really did enjoy that part of the book but 
definitely better in the audiobook. Yeah, for than sure. In the print version. For sure. Is- uh, the story, one of the stories that stuck out to me was uh, when he was in, he was, so he talks about this and not to give away too much, uh, you know, you'd want to hear it and, and read it or whatever it is that you do, but like he talks about this recurring dream that he has. Um, where he's in the Amazon. It's a really weird yeah. part of the book, to be honest. But his trip to Africa, where he wrestles this guy in one of the yes. tribes, and he talks about it from this way of, like, you know, he's he's hiking through all of these small towns in Africa. Uh, and, and in the midst of doing that, kind of, like, wants to find out who he is and where he's supposed to be and ends up, like, wrestling uh, in a, in a sh- you know, kind of a feat of strength uh, with this local... Uh, local man who lives in with the tribe i just thought that was fascinating it was uh, to be honest though some of the finding yourself when he really when he was in africa when he really did travel down the amazon didn't he do that right yeah I did. Okay. Yep. yeah and he had he had several times where he was just um he was gonna pause on life and and go find himself um, yeah. which i love and you know what i was thinking about too i tend to really enjoy books that uh, when someone does it. I love the book Wild. I just read a book um, to shake the sleeping self about a, a guy who rode his bike from Oregon to Patagonia. You know, like I love stuff like that. However, I do think what annoyed me a little bit because I think it was his privilege for sure. as, you know, as a celebrity essentially um, that allowed him to be able to do that. And it's good yeah. for him that he did. I mean, not all celebrities spend their time finding themselves on these spiritual quests, yep. but it just, I think it annoyed me because I could never just hit pause on my life and things like that. We can't, I agree, but I, I think it was another example, at least for me, and maybe I'm being fooled by the, you know, by the you know, all that is Matthew McConaughey and his voice. But for me, it was more of that being authentic. He did that when he was young too. Like it's, it's the trip to Australia, you know, it's, it's doing some of the things he did when he was a younger man and didn't quite have that privilege. I mean, he didn't grow up with money, uh, you know, grew up kind of in a, in a dysfunctional household. (laughs) Um, so I, I, that's why I kind of like that part of it. Um, as you talk about that, so this kind of just more of a question about reading for you as you were talking about books, other books you've read, can you remember a book like from when you were young, like the first book or an early book that kind of like was like, you couldn't stop reading it or like hooked you to reading. I know you read a lot as a, as a younger person. Yes. Would you want me to tell you what that book is? Yes. I mean, like the first ones were like babysitter club books. Like, um, I, I, Walden books <laughs> used to call me when like the next, I was like on a list and it was a series and when the next book was in, um, I would want to read those books. The other one that sticks out to me though, is where the Redfern grows. That was the first book that ever made me cry. Um, I remember reading that in seventh grade. So are you talking about, do you want, yeah, yeah that's what. Thinking about like the first book. Cause I know I, what I mentioned kind of in the intro to this, this little episode too, is when I was a kid, I really didn't read books. So I was an avid reader of newspapers and magazines, um, all the way up really until I was an adult. Um, and so it's part of that whole, you know, one of the reasons I want to go on this little journey of like learning about people's love of books is like many people have that they have they have something they read when they were a kid or they have something they read when they were they were a teenager that that kind of hooked them on reading and and if those were yours that's uh, that's certainly something i would be interested in um back to back to green light one of the you know as you listen to it and then obviously when you look at it in the book too 
this term he uses, green light, which you hit on earlier, um, it's it's a really cool way to think about all of the things that happen like in your life. Right. You know, I think about it right now. Like we were having a discussion earlier at dinner about about jobs mm-hmm. and it, next uh, next steps or staying in current roles. Like I wonder, looking back, what that that green light will be. You know what I mean? So like in this particular moment, like is the green light that I had the opportunity but chose wisely not to do it? Or is the green light that I had the opportunity and I go for it? And a lot of times the green light comes at the end of like a struggle. So, you know, maybe you don't get the outcome you were hoping for, but you learn something about yourself along the way or something else completely unrelated, you know, happens. Um, I think too, it's just that whole like going through the struggle helps you appreciate like those those green light moments, those good, those happy moments, even more. If, if life was filled with only green lights, um, I don't think we'd appreciate them as much as we do when life is filled with, as he, he sometimes refers to them as the yellow and red lights. Yeah. Um, you know, those moments make us appreciate the green light moments even more. Right. Um, one of the things that he does in the book, obviously, is, is talk about the many roles that he's played. Um, and so as we're thinking about those green lights, many of those were green lights for him. Was there a story in there that you remember about a role he's played that kind of like that you can remember that you think about? I, I would say that there were there were two for me hearing him talk about his role in Dazed and Confused as a as a young person. I'll let you talk about that one, because uh, the other one was was the you know interesting way. And I think this is the fun part of like memoirs. Uh, is hearing kind of the backstory around things. But when he's talking about a time to kill, yeah. for instance, uh, where it's not the role he even wanted, but he went in and and sold the director essentially on why he should be uh, uh, the lawyer in that in that movie. Um, was there one for yeah. you? Yeah. Well, so I mean, mine were the same too. Shockingly, I mean, we may have watched a few movies together we over may the have. years. That's true. Um, yes, that time to kill one was great. Also, but also the days and confused. And when I like, you know, how he talked about um, kind of uh, getting the inspiration for his character from his older brother standing yeah. there, leaning against the wall, yeah. one foot up, smoking a cigarette, um, and in that moment where he just completely, um, you know, what what he. Uh, like ad lib, like all right, all right, yeah. all right, which is now like the fame. He said it's on people's it's it's on t-shirts, thing, it's right? on hats, it's what people say when they see me. Um, and he just completely, yeah, just made that up. You know, it wasn't part of a script or anything. It really is who he is yeah. and who he wanted that character to be. So yeah, we um, we've obviously been together for a long, long time, right? Over twenty six years. You realize it's that long? Dang. Over twenty six years. Do you remember there was a time we did we did essentially this maybe for the first time? Do you remember what it was? Our book club? What was it? What was the book? Uh, well, we tried to read Moby Dick and okay. we both abandoned Everybody's it. Everybody's tried to read Moby Dick. Yes, Puddinhead Wilson. Puddinhead Wilson, right? So Puddinhead Wilson was maybe the first one that we ever that we ever read together uh, and is a fantastic Mark Twain book, a, a short uh, kind of Mark Twain story. Do you remember the other one? Did we read Old Man on the Sea? Old Man on the Sea, and then we did Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah, yes. Count of Monte Cristo might have been the first one. I'm not sure. You're right. It was either that or Puddinhead Wilson, but uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, we've actually done this before. That's right. We were we were a bit nerdy before. Um, why, why are books still important to you? Like, obviously, you read a lot. I mentioned in the intro to this that... You know, part of my inspiration to read one of the two things was was you. You were reading all the time, and I never was. Yeah, <laughs> I never was reading. Why are books still important? Like, why do you why do you still read as much as you do, and want want to continue to read more? So, I, um, 
this is probably like a teacher thing, but I always have heard the analogy of like thinking of books as windows and mirrors. So in a mirror, it's like seeing yourself in a book or seeing yourself in a character or finding things you can relate to. That always feels good, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, or windows where you're looking out, where you're learning about someone, you're learning about another culture. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, those are the kind of the two things I really think I appreciate most about reading. Yeah. And I have had to learn that at a later time in my life. Like I, I literally did not, I don't know a book I read when I was young. Um, like I think the only book I can remember reading before adulthood, uh, was the great Gatsby, uh, in high school because I had to, yeah. uh, I don't remember reading anything else. You know what? My, I'm going to change my answer for my first books. When I was young, my mom used to read little house of the prairie books aloud to me. And that was like just time we could spend together. I mean, I was old enough to read, um, but she would read them aloud to me and I, I enjoyed that. We read, and it's a series as well. We read I think all of the Little House of the Prairie books and that really hooked me and kind of helped to instill a love of reading in me as well. Yeah. Did reading come easy for you? Yes. Were you one of those people who once, once reading came easy that you just stayed up and read at night? Yes. And... Oh, definitely. Yeah. I would get, I, I stayed up way later than my parents knew, um, just in my bed reading at night. I also was guilty. I, I remember in like middle school and high school, uh, I remember reading Gone with the Wind. It was like the first book I read that was over a thousand pages. And I remember just like carrying it with me from class to class. So I'd be in Spanish class, you know, reading Gone with the Wind under the table mm -hmm. or under the desk, um, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I always I've always enjoyed it. There are other things, obviously, that we could talk about from this book. Um, is there anything as you were kind of reviewing it and thinking about that that you wanted to talk about or bring up? As I was rereading I noticed there were times that he was kind of intentional about talking about lying. Yeah. Um, he said he got in trouble. He talks about different times he got in trouble um, as a kid, and one of them was for lying. Um, they talk about this whole outlaw logic, um, which outlaw logic essentially is just not getting caught. It's okay to do these bad yeah. things. You just yeah. don't get caught. Um, and then there was a quote in the book that I noticed that I don't remember um, having listened to um, that talks about bullshitters versus liars. Yeah. And yeah. he says, a liar tries to hide his bullshit and a bullshitter lets you know he's lying. Yeah, it tells you up front. Yep. So I think that his stories were absolutely um, based on a true story, but I think he is embellishing. Um, and I, th I think he's even maybe telling us that a little bit, that yeah. you know, he's embellishing those stories. And, and I guess I wouldn't expect anything else. And that's probably how really any memoir is. Um, almost none of these things are are hundred percent true. Uh, even though, you know, if you, if you look at the actual book, um, you know, there are diary pages and, and he has, he has documented his life um, through, I mean, he has, what was interesting is he, he's also like a, he would write some poetry, you know, yeah. he would, he would mark down interesting quotes that he read or saw and mm -hmm. how they related to his life. So I think there is a basis there, um, for, for creating those stories or embellishing those stories. Uh, but it does seem like, you know, they're there. I just, you know, there was one story I remember. It's the, it's the one about, you know, did he really build, uh, a 13 story high, um, tree house with stolen lumber that he cut a hole in the fence. Ah, boy, 
Seems embellished. It probably is. But I, I believe <laughs> that he built a treehouse using stolen lumber. Yes, I so, think I do too. Right? That's uh, the point of the story. And right? the, the point of the story of kind of figuring, finding yourself again, which was another theme of this mm-hmm. book, is, is finding yourself at all these ages, is certainly true. Um, one other thing I know that you, um, we, we talked a little bit about, and I think you wanted to mention, is just this idea of like, you know, this was written or released in, in he, yeah. he was writing the end of this book. I know he talks about it in the book uh, in 2020 when the pandemic started. And right. what that that, that whole thing with, with green lights and what that, how we might look at that. Right. So, I mean, think about 2020 and that year, and there's so many green lights hidden in all of the terrible things that happened in 2020, right? The world shut down. People were getting sick. People were dying. We didn't know what to expect. It was a really, you know, a time of uncertainty. But yeah. when I think about like our own green lights for our own family, we were able to really enjoy some time with our own children or teenagers mm-hmm. who we maybe, you know, otherwise they might be not home, yeah, not, not hanging out with us. Years with them, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, just all of the the memories we made as a family um, really were green lights in that, in that kind of dark time. Yeah. And I, I continue, I think I'll, I'll continue. I, I think I find myself even sometimes now, like thinking in that language, like, right. Oh, this just happened. Green light. Like yep. that was, you know, that what am was I excellent. learning from this? What is, what is the good in this moment? Even if it doesn't always feel great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, all right. So, you know, green light, Matthew McConaughey, um, you know, a fairly new, more recent book, not super new, but more recent book. Uh, camera, if we mentioned already, but if you're a Matthew McConaughey fan, even a little bit, you're going to love this book. Um, the audio book book feels like he is just talking to you. Talking so to you. If you are a fan, you should listen to it. And again, that guy's voice, uh, Magical. there's something, there's something magic in that voice. <laughs> I'm glad you think so too. I really do. Um, <laughs> I think what I would say is like I could talk the pants off of any person, man or woman. Um, Anyways, uh, this whole conversation was a green light. I mentioned in the in the opening a little bit, the intro. This uh, there was nobody I'd rather have this first conversation with. Uh, I see this whole kind of experiment for me. This journey is something that's that's intended to be fun, but also intended to uh, be in itself a, its own little green light, uh, an opportunity to to talk to some people that I maybe wouldn't have a conversation with. You, I would, um, but others uh, who are who are coming up, I, I might not. So um, I appreciate you doing this. Um, so there you go, green light. Aaron Shoning, probably the best guest I'm going to have all year. Setting the bar high. Setting the bar high. Next month, we'll all read Range with John Spencer, uh, which is going to be fantastic, too. So, all right, that's it. That's a wrap. Mm -hmm.